Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Thrilled to be here on this Friday, if you're listening. Thursday, perhaps, or later. If you're watching on YouTube, and you can do that if you if you want to. This is, I don't, I don't want to insult anybody else on the other shows, because we have a lot of different guests throughout the week. But this may very well be our signature show. It's the Pick Show. We lead in. We have at least one expert who's quite hot right now. Two guys trying to get a little warmer. Um, as I mentioned, wait, 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 can... wait, wait. Are you going to introduce us before you start bragging on yourself? I mean, no. my gosh. <laughs> That's Pete Briscoe. He's in the room with RJ White. What's up, fellas? Not much. I mean, RJ, before he even introduces us, he's bragging on him. Head over there. Like, oh my gosh. Christ. <laughs> What did you do with all your winnings? Did you get a chalet in Val, like Look your shirt on says? The like, how do you fit your head inside that whole box? Uh, oh my gosh! Hey, Brinson, <laughs> is that that? Have you ever been to Vale? Yeah, of course I have. Okay, just wondering because that looks like a all somebody one of your fr- many freebies that you get sent to you. Uh, my very my my best friend in the whole world, best friend growing up, Drew Evan Drew. I don't Drew. Uh, he uh, he married a girl whose parents have a place in Vale, so we've been skiing up there. Oh, so, so you freeload. Yes, correct. Okay, good. That's ace. Good for you, man. What's good for you is good for you. You know my motto. That's right. Um, but you know what? Maybe I just paid for the trip with my winnings from last week. Four and two on the week. That moves me to 35, 25 and two as we look at our leaderboard here. Uh, again, you can see the leaderboard on youtube.com slash CBS sports. Go there, click videos and then check out the green pick six podcast logo. As I mentioned, four and two last week. 35 and 25 on the year. 58%. I'll take that. Um, RJ, a rough week, two and four, now below 500, but that's good for everybody else who's listening to this podcast because RJ is going to get hot. He will get hot. I promise you. Uh, and Pete, he's giving you the reverse curse. Hope so. RJ will get hot. Uh, Pete, four and two. Two weeks in a row now. Here I come, RJ. I see that number right there. And you know what's funny? Okay. You had an awful week. I had some really bad weeks. He acts like he's like 25 games ahead of us or something. He's five games ahead of you, and you're coming off a two and four. Coming off of three terrible weeks. Right. Brinson, quit bragging. Not, not bragging. I mean, I'm, I'm five, 10 games above 500. I'll take that all day. You won't believe this, but the Pick 6 Podcast Week uh, 10 Parlay was what, Pete? Loser. Yes, it was. Two and four, though. Uh, Buffalo, Cleveland under hit. Pr- Pretty easily. I wouldn't, wouldn't, it got a little, little dicey at the end there. Uh, Miami, two, two and two, excuse me, two of four hit. Um, Miami plus 10 hit easily. They, they won outright. They were a money line, uh, dog winner. So, uh, there you go. Dallas minus three could have hit if Jason Garrett wasn't a coward. Um, and then the Atlanta New Orleans over never had a chance in hell because the Saints scored nine points. 
Maybe, Sean Payton, you should propose the weekend before, not the weekend of your your uh, your game against the division rival coming out of the bye week. What do you think about that, Pete? I don't think it had any bearing on it. They just got whipped up front on both lines. They were terrible on Sunday. It was I, awful. I, I'm just telling you, you propose to somebody in New Orleans on Friday, you're not doing a whole lot of work on Saturday. That's all I'm saying. You don't do a whole lot of work on Saturday in the NFL anyways. It's the, if you the, fade a New Orleans proposal, then you're 1-0 against the spread. Now. Yeah. It's a streak. Uh, <laughs> come on, Brenton. You're searching, you're searching for something right there. By the way, Dallas, didn't I say on the show last week, I said I like Dallas. We all like Dallas. I go, but something looks fishy yeah. about that line. I put them in the super contest, but I had, I had them lower. I wasn't going to do it, you know, cause I was like, we all like them. So I'm just going to take them out. And then, uh, you know, I started eliminating other things and I'm like, why am I getting scared? Just cause me, Pete and Will all like the same thing. Let me just move them back in. I just, sure I just enough. thought there was something stinky about the line three. I, I really did. So, and we all, well, we, all we all bet. We all- as soon as we all liked it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm too far committed to back out now. But I definitely would like to bail on Dallas. So got that going for me. Um, let's get into the picks, shall we? Let's do it. First, <laughs> congrats. You, I mentioned a thing we all three like. I got some bad news for you. We got another one out of the gates. Texans. No. The- oh, yeah. Oh, Texans we do. The- <laughs> what? We have it already. Seriously. We all three like the same bet on this. Yeah, the over. Yeah, the over. <laughs> we should definitely the put the under in the parlay. Yeah, put the. I mean, you should put the under. We should have a reverse loser parlay and do it that the way. Lines, the line's moving the other way too. Like it's going down. It is going down. I don't understand that. And I, I see two quarterbacks that can score. No, hold on, just, just so we know, Texans and the Ravens, one o'clock p.m. on CBS. I assume Nance and Romo will be there because it's a big game. Uh, over under forty nine and a half. Yeah, and I, I like the Ravens in the game, by the way. I don't love them, but I, I love the over in this game. I think this is going to be a track meet. I think both quarterbacks can score uh, using their – well, one can score using his legs and his arm. The other one can really get outside the pocket and make plays. Uh, the offensive line of the Texans has been almost fixed. Dare I say it, they're much better. With Howard playing at right tackle, I think they're really better. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I don't believe in the two defenses, particularly the Texans' defense. I think it's a problem. I think I think this one's going way over the total. Yeah, they can't make this total high enough for me. He said it's going. I think it's going up. Like it was fifty-one and a half um, a day after we locked these lines in at forty-nine and a half. So I think it's going the other way. And you can't make it high enough. Both offenses are in the top four points per drive. Like you said, the two star quarterbacks are in this game. Um, and two okay but not great defenses. Baltimore scored twenty-three plus in every game. 30-plus in their last three. Houston scored 23-plus in their last five. You add it up, that's like 46 already. All you need is one more field goal, and we're right there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going the over two. I would lean to the Texans if I'm taking one side. It just seems like the Ravens are a little too easy. Texans coming off a bye on the road, that's a good trend. So I would lean to the Texans against the spread, but best bet for the over also. Yeah, I took um, – look, so – we just saw the injury report and reminder, we record this on Thursday afternoon. So, you know, new information comes out on Friday. Um, does it make you nervous at all, RJ, that Will Fuller limited, limited again Thursday with a hamstring, Titus Howard limited again Thursday with a knee and Laramie Tunsil limited again Thursday with a shoulder? Also should point out that Bradley Roby, um, and Tayshawn Gibson were all, were limited as well. So I mean, that would help the over, but would you be worried about the over if you were missing two offensive linemen for Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and Will? 
Not really, because the Ravens' pass rush hasn't been exceptional this year. They lost those two, those key guys at, on, during the offseason. Um, so obviously you want to have those guys there, but I think they can make it work. I think uh, Deshaun Watson can run around, escape the pocket, throw some touchdowns with one eye if he has to. So that's just what he's good at. Plus, I think they're going to play, though. I, I think all the reports say they're going to play. Just, I know they're limited on Thursday, but usually those limited kind of things Thursday, come, you tend to play. Right, you come back on Friday and you mm-hmm. play. Just just point out, look, I like the over two. Um, I bet as soon as it came out, thinking it would get up to 53. It did not. It went down to forty nine and a half. A little. It, it's just. It, it's just weird. Like it's a red you flag. Said that, you oh, said it's gone up. It's, it's fifty one and a half as a Thursday afternoon. Fifty one, fifty one and a half oh, in most places. What? Oh, then we love it. Why did it yeah. go down to forty nine and a half? Yeah, that's what it was on Wednesday. I don't know. And people. Oh, it's, yeah, it's fifty one and a half. All right. Yeah. Hey, we like it over. We we like it over. I'd like it over fifty one and a half. I like it really over forty nine and a half. All right. Well, let's uh, maybe the. We'll get the podcast. We'll get the gra- social guys on that and get the graphics on there. So are we counting it at 51 and a half for our purposes or 50? No, 49. I would say 49 because we lock our lines in on Wednesday. We have right. to get our best bets in, get our graphics going. And, you know, we, well, so let, we, me, let me ask this for the purpose of people listening to this podcast on Friday. How and throughout the weekend, how high would you take this over? What, what's your what's your cat that you would take the 53 over? 53 and a half. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I, I would agree. Okay. All right. It's not yeah, going to get to that number. I don't, think, no, I don't think so. No, probably not. But I mean, like. It has climbed two points in the last, you know, forty-eight hours. So that's so that is we're all on the Loserville train then. Nah, we're getting, we're getting <laughs> no, this I one. like this. This one's good. And, 12, and look, so it's in the parlay. It's in the parlay. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's in the parlay. Um, but yeah, we just I just wanted to make sure that people who are listening have actionable information, you know, because it's like what the f good does forty-nine and a half do right. when it's two, you know? Um, all right, I, and I lean Texans too, mainly because. I think Deshaun Watson would be capable of coming through the back door. And, you know, I I don't – the Ravens are the better team. They like to run the ball physically. But Houston just plays well. And to me, this is not dissimilar. Did these guys play it in college? I think they did. They did. They had a – it was uh, 42-37, and uh, Deshaun Watson beat him uh, late. We just talked about that on the show before, and he beat him late with two touchdown passes late. And Jackson that the, ran for 170 in that game. Well, that was the year before, obviously, Jackson won the Heisman, right? That wasn't Jackson. No, that was Heisman. the year he won the Heisman. It was the year he won the Heisman. Oh, that and then Deshaun, Deshaun left Clemson, and Jackson had one more year of eligibility because he won as a sophomore and then got picked apart as a junior. You're right. You're right. Wow. All right, cool. So, yeah, I mean, like, these guys know this stage, and they're going to be amped up for it, and I think you'll get their best games possible. And they'll – I mean, there's there's some MVP connotations here, too. Like, whoever wins the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, if, uh, Deshaun's not out if he loses, but Lamar gets a monster boost if he wins, and Lamar will take a, I think, a pretty significant. If Deshaun uh, loses, he's got problems in the MVP race. He's okay. got problems. Right. I mean, what Chiefs. Would he, he four loss, six and four. Yeah, that would make him six and four, right? Or might be seven and three. So was that if Deshaun loses, it makes him. Yeah, his record right now is six and three. It would make him six and four, right? Okay. Six yeah. and four right now. Yeah, six and four right now. He would be six and four. Sorry, if he lost, yeah, that's what I thought. And the Colts, you know, like they lose. I mean, if the, if the Colts lose Andrew Luck, and then have to play some games with Brian Hoyer, and Deshaun doesn't win the division, he's not going to win the MVP. No. All right. Call it your Colts. Chiefs at at Chargers. It's in Mexico. They'll have more home fans there than they do at their own home games. Probably will. Uh, <laughs> they will. Chiefs, Chiefs minus three and a half. So it's a neutral field game, obviously. Monday Night Football, ESPN Deportes. 
Uh, Chiefs. No, I, I like I like the Chargers because I think they're going to run on them, and I know they haven't they haven't run on anybody that well, but you're starting to see little bits and pieces of it. I think the three of us could line up and get 120 against the the Chiefs' run defense. They're bad. We saw, and I called that last week. I called Derrick Henry going off against the Chiefs. I love the Titans to win that game outright, and that's exactly what happened. I think that the Chargers are going to run the ball in this game and do a better job of controlling the clock. Mahomes threw for 440 last week, and they lost. I don't think he's throwing for 440 here. I think it's going to be less than that, and I think the Chiefs, I mean, the Chargers are going to find a way to win this game. I think you could throw for 440. I mean, games played at high elevation bodes well for the over. My lean is to the over. Uh, you can probably get it at 52. We had it at 52 and a half in our, in our notes. I would also lean to the Chargers a little bit at plus three and a half. Um, Chargers got that run game going, like Pete was saying, can exploit that Chiefs weakness. You know, I would give the Chargers a slight edge with their pass rushers against the Kansas City O-line. They've been banged up. People have been sitting. Um, and they've had longer rest because they played on Thursday. So just a slight, if it was three, I'd probably stay away three and a half. I'll, I'll take the three and a half with the Chargers and also lean to the over. I would I would definitely lean to the over here, and I would anticipate that it goes up. Um, would want to see field conditions as well uh, before you know they're supposed they- to be good. They did a lot of they brought in a consultant you know that that's worked with the NFL. They've they didn't schedule anything since like June you know so the field should be the field should be good. not going to look like a cow pasture. Yeah. Um, worth noting, I think I think this is sort of flying under the radar. Before last year. Uh, that, that game at Kansas City in, um, in, back in December, uh, the, 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 uh, Chiefs had won, I think, eight straight games against Phillip Rivers and the Chargers and had covered in four straight games, you know, partially as underdogs. So, you know, that's, I guess, worth no, or no, no excuse me, as, as mostly as favorites. Um, and the Chargers had, you know, didn't cover as, as favorites in, uh, in Los Angeles in September. I just think Andy Reid's got a beat on this team. And I don't know that Phillip Rivers has the offensive line. Like, is Russell Okun going to play? And, you know, Patrick Mahomes looks like he's back. He looks sharp. I, I don't know if they can run the ball as effectively as they well, want. Is Mitchell Schwartz going to play? I mean, he's, he's limited. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know. That's a, he's a bigger loss than Russell Okun. I'll tell you that right now. Really? No, oh, he's a better he's a better tackle than Russell. He's Kuhn, definitely a better player, but I mean, and the, I, I, the Chargers have operated for a half a season without Oakland. right, and and not so having they, they've that, actually got guys. But now you got shorts. the Chiefs have the Chiefs are what with three fifths of their projected starting offensive line gone if mm-hmm. he doesn't play. Now I'm getting nervous about my Chiefs pick. Might Don't change be, it. Don't change it. I like the over in that game. That's where I would go if I if I was betting on something. I mean, I, I picked the Chiefs against the spread in the you know in our Pickums League and. and you know, and the thing that I'm leading for CBSSports.com, what's it called? The expert picks? I can't remember. Yeah, but you're coming back to the pack, though. I'm coming, I'm coming hard. I've had a couple of good weeks in a row. I'm, I'm breathing down your neck. It's but, almost like the leaves are turning brown. Yeah. Or it's coming to the end of the season. I won't be able to catch it. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> Jaguars at Colts. Colts minus two and a half over under 43 and a half, Pete. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. And the reason I say that, in the history of this, these matchups between these two teams, even when Peyton was there, the one thing Jacksonville did was physically beat him up. And they always have. They didn't like it. They don't like it. And last year, they remember last year, they shut him out when they were on a run in Jacksonville. I think this isn't about Nick Foles coming back, although he will be better than Minshew. This is about physically getting after this team. And we don't know if Brissett's going to be able to move around. He's coming off a knee injury. And moving around is a big part of his game. So, 
I like Jacksonville to go in there and win that game outright. I don't know if it's that big, but yeah, that weird 6-0 shutout. It still moves. They're 7-0-1 against the spread since 2015, Jags against Indy. So they just have their number. Um, having Nick Foles back, I think it, the Colts could see some different stuff that they haven't seen in the offense. You know, you could scheme up some different things because Minshew was great and he, he did a great job while he was there, but you can obviously do a lot more with Foles under center. So I think that's something that the Colts can't really prepare for. Road teams off a of bye, like I've already said once, is a good trend going back to 2011. So I like them in that spot too. I'm leaning to the Jaguars because we have two and a half on our line, but threes are out there in the market. If you get three, it would be a best bet for me at three. So, um, yeah, play three. I think the Jaguars defense might be the best unit in this game, even though we've, we've talked up the Colts a lot, but that defense is playing really well. They're ninth in points per drive. Jacksonville's offense can run on Indy, like you said, Fournette, you know, physical beat them up. And Indy has that big Thursday game next. They go at Houston, a little bit of a distraction. You got two games in five days. Um, and that's obviously huge for the division. They've already beat them once. You beat them again, you're right there to win the division. Um, so you, a little bit of splitting your attention there, and and all of a sudden the Jags upset you. So I do think the Jags are going to win. The Jaguars' schedule, by the way, Woo. the next next seven games. I, I mean, you look at their schedule. It's if they win this game, then they go to Tennessee, which is always a tough game for them. Don't get me wrong; it's a tough game. But they got the Falcons. They have the Bucks at home. They have the Chargers at home. They have the Raiders. Uh, uh, at, are you talking yourself into a playoff run? No, but it's just that division. Look, think about that division right now. If they win this week and the Texans lose to the Ravens, that division's tight. That means there's probably not a good team in it. There's a lot of bad teams in it. But somebody bad is going to win the division. You're not wrong. I like the Jags here, too. They're just getting the points in a game that's been fairly close. It's not like they've, you know, blasted away. Uh, You know, the Colts aren't aren't blowing anybody out. The Colts play one-score games. Um, and it's going to come down to the end. They have a bad kicker and Jacksonville, you know, I think is going to get, they're going to get some juice from getting Nick Foles back. Look at, look at, look at Brinson taking a shot at old Vinatieri. I like it. Yeah. He's, he's, by the way, you're right. He stinks right now. He stinks. There's no other way to say it. He stinks. You can't make it. He missed 600 points. He stinks. Make an extra point, man. Retire. He should have retired. Get him out of there. What would the phrase be? It can be if you're old and slow. You must go. Yeah, but that doesn't matter when it's a kicker. He's old and a bum is what he is right now. He stinks. He's a Hall of Famer, but go go away. If you're old and pull it, time to bite the bullet. (laughs) Wow, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh When he misses, by the way, he's not just missing it, just just left of the upright or just a little short. He's yanking them all over the place. Mm -hmm. All right, so the, the Jags have seven games left on their schedule, right? Nick, This is like Nick Foles' time. He gets seven weeks. To just get gassed up and just make a run, what what do you think? What do you think he? What do you think? How many games do they win in their final seven? They can win every one of these games. They're not good what teams. Is it? If all your kicks are a yank, it really means you stank. <laughs> I still win I, that one. Keep keep trying. I got something for you. <laughs> I'm a poet if I don't know. That's that's like uh, you know rap lyric stank. You can put anything in there. If you're <laughs> if you're a kick missing feller, we're gonna take you out back and shoot you like old yeller. Huh? <laughs> you, went, you went a long way to get that one. Keep trying. I still <laughs> yes, I, I just wanted yours to sound better than this. Right, moving along. I, I, let's hey, let's get since there's the threes jack, all out there the on jack? the market. There's threes all out there on the market. So let's get three in the uh, in the uh, parlay. Okay, three. Oh, we're taking. We all like all right. the Jags. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Let's get three uh, in the parlay. Yeah. By the Maybe. by the way, did anybody do you guys see the end of that game last week? Is fourth and ten, he threw a nine yard pass. It was great. <laughs> what are they doing? Well what about the um 
They called timeout before the fourth down play, and they did something. They went for the end zone on third down. Yeah, like, I, get, I, get four yards on third down, then run your nine-yard play. Yeah, there was a lot of botch coaching this week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's my fault talking up Frank Wright, this podcast. Yeah, that's right. You said he was better than Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin doing a pretty good job. He's, right? This is when at, Mike Tomlin's at his best, by the way. Well, it's <laughs> spoiler. We don't know what the hell. I mean, we're recording on Thursday. Well, we don't know. Yeah, right, you're right. But he's done a good job with that team. You don't want you don't want to be saying this and like Mike Tomlin like went full. I don't care. I don't care if they. I don't care whatever happens. He's done a good job. It's really he's weird done. how the how Cleveland scored forty nine points in that game <laughs> last night, and <laughs> like, yeah. Tom, Tomlin resigned and <laughs> turned yeah, in true. his badge, and he's gone. Tomlin now. Fired on Friday morning, and Pete's still talking. How many games did the Jaguars win in their final seven, Pete? At Colts, how at many? Titans. How many do they have to win to make the make a postseason run? Five. Or six, six, five. 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 five, five will get you to nine and seven, and that could get you to the division. Depends on which, which which one. Okay, you go through the schedule. You tell me which ones they're winning. Throw uh, them out there. At, I think they're winning this week at Colts. Okay. So, okay. Um, at Titans, they'll lose after they beat the Colts. Okay. That's just how it happens. Buccaneers at home, they'll beat the Buccaneers. Right. Chargers at home. Chargers stink in Florida, so they'll beat the Chargers. Three and one. Yep. Uh, at the Raiders, they'll lose that game. They, you know what? They've traditionally had all kinds of problems on the West Coast, but they beat the Raiders twice on the West Coast, so it'll be tough. It's a la- I think, that, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to be the last home game uh, for the Raiders in, at the stadium. Oh, they'll so, lose that one for sure. Yeah, they'll lose that one. Uh, then at Falcons, they'll win that they'll one. They'll win that one. Uh, maybe. And then, um, they'll be, then they'll beat the Colts. It's at home, yeah. So they get to 5-2, and two, they get in? Maybe. They'll be tied for the division lead, probably. Right. Problem they is, tie the Texans, they lose because they lost to them twice, so... Hmm. Losing that that first game against the Texans is going to come back and bite. They them. all might be nine and seven, though. <laughs> I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah, no. nine, nine and seven is a potential wild card in the AFC for sure. All right, so we got Jags and uh, Texans over so far. In Think about the- that though for a second. We're sitting here saying, "Oh, they'll go to Atlanta and win," but they'll have trouble at Oakland. If we would have said that before the season, we would have right. been yeah. right. Yeah, Not- yeah, yeah. If you're right, um, Bears at Rams. Rams minus six and a half. The over under. A robust 40 points. Uh, Pete, you actually like the chalk here. I do like the chalk here in large part because that chalky number is so bloated. And there's a reason it's bloated. Remember, this is the Bears team that beat the daylights out of the Rams last year. Kind of sent them on their bad path. I know they went to the Super Bowl, but the offense went, hasn't been the same almost since that game. I watched the Rams this morning on tape, and their offensive line has issues. But I think they're going to be able to run the ball on the Bears this week. And I think that'll take the pressure off golf. And on the other side of the ball, I'm never taking Mitch Trubisky. I said it last week. He look, he won. He beat the Lions. Kudos to him. I'm not taking Mitch Trubisky. I'll take golf. I think he gets it going here. I'll lay the points. I don't know that he necessarily beat the Lions. They won the game, but Trubisky three touchdown didn't passes. Really, yeah, but they had like 220 yards. I know three not, touchdown passes. Not great. Get, look, um, I don't think he's good. I would also lean to the Rams here at, uh, on the spread. My best bet's under 40. Both defenses are in the top five of DVOA. Both offenses are struggling. That Rams offense with the, the O-line issues has been terrible against other top defenses like San Francisco and Pittsburgh. They could also have issues stopping the Bears' pass rush. Chicago's offense ranks 30th in net yards per pass attempt, 27th in yards per rush. They don't do either thing well, regardless of whether Trubisky got a win last week. Uh, Chicago beat that D- Detroit, but offense didn't look good. That D has really struggled, too. So 220 yards against the Detroit defense is a lot different than 220 yards against like Pittsburgh or San Francisco so um, I do think it's going to go under this really feels like Rams win 23 to 6 or some just ugly game like that 17-6 
I'm I'm with you. I love the I love the under in this spot. That's one of my best bets. You love let's, to see- let's let's throw the under in the par. I mean, I'll throw it in. It's not one of my best bets, but we can throw it in the parlay because I agree with you guys. Let's get this parlay up to six or seven so we can uh, go zero and seven on it. Uh, the forty, the forty, by the way, is at minus one fifteen now too. So by the time it was at forty one and a half, maybe up to forty two, and it's come crashing down pretty quickly. I still think anything. How how low would you take it, RJ? Thirty-eight and a half, probably. Yeah, 30, yeah. I'm with him. I think it, I think it's going to be pretty. Put that in the in the parlay for sure. I mean, look, like the the Rams can't score. The Rams offensive line is a disaster. Jared and Goff. They, last week they took away Cup. It was funny to watch it. They took him away. He was frustrated. They had doubles on him. And and here's the other thing: the Steelers played with two down linemen for much of that game, and and they couldn't really run the ball. They had the one run for about twenty yards by Gurley. Other than that, they didn't run the ball. Their line is bad. Pete is um is should we be worried about the Sean McVay genius thing? No, you should be worried about their offensive line. It's hard to call any plays when you don't have an offensive line. That thing is bad. Look, Andrew Whitworth, one of the been one of the better tackles in this league for a long time. He's not even playing that well. Havenstein has played poorly at right tackle. The center now you got a new center going in there. Not that the other one was playing that much better. Brian Allen wasn't playing that well, and the guards are average at best. And the, best. Issue, the issue isn't the line so much as it's the quarterback because you can overcome a bad line if you have talent at quarterback. I mean, Deshaun Watson has been an excellent quarterback for the first few years of his career, and they hadn't hadn't got the line fixed until like. Baseball. Basically this week, you know, it's been trouble. But uh, so you can overcome stuff if you have a great quarterback. Goff just needs everything perfect around him to have success. And it works like it, it's worked last year or worked the year before. But once you start having issues on the O-line, then he, he can't pick Plus up. Plus he doesn't have cooks and that, that, that hurts him too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that does limit him because then you can double cup and then say Robert Woods, go ahead. And it's not like the tight end is a, a big, he's a decent Everett, but that's not like he's a big threat. And they haven't run the ball that well. Mm-hmm. It's not just golf. It's the, it's the, I go back to the right. offensive line. My point is, when you have talent at quarterback, you can overcome some of these other issues. Great, big time talent. So, you know, Russell Wilson's been he, as many issues that they've had over the years with that offense. He's a mover, though. He can get around. Yeah, and he's got talent. Watson's a mover. He's not too, a mover. But, he's not a mover. That's part of. The but problem. you have other quarterbacks like Brady can can make yeah. you know, chef salad with. Well, you're talking about the, arguably the goat. Yeah. So I'm well, just saying what, there those there are quarterbacks out there that can and Aaron Rodgers. I don't, like I, don't that believe, too. I don't believe the the golf isn't good hype. I, I don't believe that. I just think that the line is so bad. This this is this line is really bad. But let me ask you then, like how how are they gonna be better next year? Like how are they gonna make a playoff run with this line? And how are they gonna be better well, next year? One of the problems is they lost the left guard early in the season. They had big expectations for him as a kid. They drafted no boom. They like him a lot. Uh, uh, they have some other young players behind him that they're gonna try to develop and then they can go out and try and find a guy or two. It, 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 Cause I think Whitworth is gonna retire after the season. Right. The problem is you can't fix the interior when you gotta fix the exterior too. Right. Cause Whitworth is gonna retire. So the, this plan, that was supposed to coalesce. The interior is supposed to coalesce by this point and then you go get the Whitworth worth successor right. at this at this point because everything else is looking fine now they got to kind of fix everything so yeah it's not a good it's not a good situation they don't have draft picks either they sure don't but they got Jalen ramsey they got Jalen ramsey they got to go. um, beat a couple times last week by the way yeah remember all the talk about he wanted to play more press man oh, i gotta play more press man i'm gonna go to the Rams. now nah, didn't play a lot of press man last week played off a lot um all right so we're throwing the under in there we have three games in the parlay already we will not have this next game in the parlay because we have a – we know we need a sound drop for like a head-to-head fight. Like, like Chip Patterson and Tom Fernelli and Barton Simmons on the Cover 3 podcast, College Football Locks. They, they publish every Thursday or Friday. Great show. Highly recommend you subscribe to it, rate, and review it if you want. Um, you know, when you're not, I want you done with our podcast, but it's, it's a great show. Uh, they have a lock fight sound drop. And we have a little bit of a lock fight here because Pete likes the over in the Bucks game. 
Saints minus five and a half, over under 49 and a half. Meanwhile, RJ and I look at basic history and say this game's going under, and it's definitely going under, Pete. Yeah, I mean, look, I know history says it's going under, but that Tampa Bay defense doesn't have any history. It's the way they play on the back end, they're bad on the back end, really bad. And, uh, and oh, by the way, not only are they young and bad on the back end right now, they're banged up on the back end. They're getting guys off the street that are going to end up starting. I think Breeze bounces back here. He wasn't very good. The line wasn't very good. They will bounce back, score points, but I think Jameis will score his too. I, I think this one's going over. Yeah, seven straight Bucks games have gone over, so that would be the trend for this year. Um, but I do think it's going to go under, under is nine and two in, ta- in Tampa over the last 11 meetings between these teams. They just don't score as many points, um, with those high totals. Um, but I think the Saints defense has been playing well all year. They had a bad game against the Falcons. They'll get back to it. That's really the play for me is that the Falcons will hold down the Bucks offense a little bit. And, um, and I think you can get rid of anything you want with Michael Thomas so he can light up the scoreboard, but still 38-10 is under, you know, 31-7 is under. So, I don't know you're going to shut them down that much, but a little bit closer game. No Lattimore. Both of them in the t- low 20s. And right. I think no Lattimore. And, and uh, he's supposed to not play, and that means that Evans will go wild there. Yeah. I, I just think he's done a good job on Mike Evans in the past. I think this is an opportunity for the Bucks to score. I, I just think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Maybe so. I mean, when you look back at it, uh, what, of the last six games played between these two teams in Tampa, five and one to the under that despite – uh, the lowest total, lowest closing line being 46 and a half. Yeah, um, what were the totals when they went to New Orleans? They're not playing in New Orleans. I know, but it, what, what have they been? They they scored like six, 55 or 58 or something between the two of them. Playing on left. A track? What? You're playing on a track instead of that. Well, they're playing or... against air, the Saints, this week. That defense has nobody back there. But the Saints don't throw deep. No, they'll throw, though. I'm telling you, this is going to be one of those games where, Bree, where Breeze. Oh, now you got Breeze washed up? Is that what you're saying? I had him washed up before the beginning of the season. I was right. Ain't <laughs> the man. What do you think they should go? They should go back to Teddy Brinson. Hey, hey, Breeze is what? What's Breeze? What's Breeze' record as a starting? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, 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 you go with Breeze. But look, he has eight passes attempt. He's attempted eight passes of twenty air yards or more this season. I know he. Had, I know he's been hurt for a long time, but like that, they just don't. They don't throw deep anymore. He doesn't have that. They don't have a. They don't. Have, they have Ted. Well, they have Ted Ginn. I mean, that's it. They don't have a deep threat. They, they, they're more of a possession team, and I think that they're going to try to establish their run a little bit, swing passes with Kamara. I don't think they're going to try and be explosive down the field. Maybe Tampa chunks it deep, but I, I think they'll try to be a little more conservative, too, to keep Breeze up the field. Yeah, so, I, I think Tampa will score in this game, but I just don't think they're going to stop the Saints. Right. 24-21 still goes under. A 31-30 doesn't. No, it doesn't. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Bills minus six at the Dolphins. Over under 40 and a half. Not expecting a lot of points here. Vegas isn't. Um, you guys both agree, right, Pete, that the Dolphins is the player. F- covers, covering five straight games. They're finally getting some respect. Is only a six point dog at home. <laughs> uh, let me say something first. I watched the Bills on tape and for all the people that killed Josh Allen, and there are plenty of them out there. That was not on him. He, he had about three, Knox dropped one on the sideline he should have caught. Uh, John Brown dropped one. The corners is Cleveland actually played pretty good football, and there were t- many times where he went back and there was nobody open. Uh, he was late to Knox in the end zone on the one play, and I don't know if you guys saw that, but the fullback's kind of pointing at him. Mm-hmm. He's open, but I don't think he was designed to go that way, but he was late. Should have been a touchdown. He didn't get it to him right away, but for, this was more about the Bills' inability to get open and make guys win down the field, and that's a problem. I think Miami's playing hard. I think Buffalo... 
uh, is a team. They play hard too, but I think Miami, you're going to give me six points in the Dolphins at home? I'm taking it. This Bills team doesn't blow anybody out. I'm taking the points. What if I gave you seven? Because for some reason the line crept up as a Thursday I'll afternoon. Take so I'll take seven. Six and a halves across the board and even a few sevens. So Buffalo's been pretty good on the road despite letting that Cleveland game skip, slip away, but the line doesn't make any sense to me either. Miami is not the same team that was blasted in September. They've covered five straight. That's the hottest streak against the spread in the NFL right now. And they had their best game of the year offensively against the Bills. It was a 31-21 final, but it wasn't really because Micah Hyde returned the onside kick for touchdown. It was a three-point game until that point. Dolphins were leading it, heading into the fourth quarter 14 to 9 so it's not like that bills were just running away with that game 25th ranked offense in dvoa for buffalo 26th in points per drive that miami d has gotten better they're playing hard for flores they're coming together yes they played bad offenses during that run i would say buffalo is also a bad offense with guys dropping dropping balls can't complete things can't get over 250 yards of offense so buffalo hasn't been more than a four-point road favorite since 2014 they were once that year, and then before that, it was 2008. So one time in 11 years, they've been a four, more than a four-point road crazy. favorite. You're going to make them six and a half, even against the Dolphins. I wouldn't take that because they're playing hard. They're you watch, I know you go back and rewatch those games, but you saw the play I'm talking about on the sideline. The, the stop I day, so. Knox dropped it yeah. right in his hands. Yeah, uh, he did miss McKenzie deep. He missed him, but he got a personal foul on his face on that play. Mm-hmm. But for all like the completion percentage can be so misleading when you watch the games because there are so many drops and 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 guys don't win in his line by the way the left tackles had problems the last couple of weeks I and mean, he got hit last week and he's not great right now but he needs help they they should have made a deal for like he should have got AJ Green or something like that's mm-hmm. what they miss is that guy that big linear receiver who can go out and since do he wasn't trading AJ Green for whatever yeah. reason but uh you never know yeah, they should have. They need a if they can go get a number one receiver in the draft next year. I mean, yeah. it locks everybody in. John Brown's a good deep threat as a number two. You don't want Isaiah McKenzie running that because he's no. not a, he's not a starting receiver. No. Um, Cole Beasley's great in the slot. Right. So I mean, then it kind of opens up the whole offense if you have that number one. Yep. So that's what they I really agree. Mean. But Miami wins this week. Not only covers they win. I would say probably yeah. I would think that they win. Yeah. I tend to agree. Uh, do we want to get really greedy here and throw him in? I mean, like, I like the Dolphins. I just didn't want to make him a best bet. Yes! Throw him in the damn parlay! Yes! Right. We throw, should we make the, ja- just really juice this thing up and make the Jaguars and, uh, and, and Dolphins money line? Yes. We should? Do it. Do it. Yeah. Oh, what about, what, oh, no, I got, I got an idea. Let's do what a separate, the, let's do a separate one yes. with the money line. Let's go down swinging. Let, no, let's, let's do a four game, cause that'll be six games. That's too much in a parlay. Right. Let's do, Let's do a four-game parlay with the the totals and the sides that we like, and then do a two-game money line underdog parlay with the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Like it. We got to add another team into that too. We got to have the, one more. If you're going to do two money lines, you got to have one that we like as a spread team. You don't well. have to, but, but it'll be more fun though. We'll get more money out of it. We'll get more well, out of it. Let's just let's just look and see what the um. So is if that we my t- last best? Is that my last best bet? It is Jaguars. Dolphin. The Dolphins are plus two thirty at home. <laughs> uh, that would pay six point five, almost six point six to one. Let's throw one more team in there, and it'll pay about what twenty to one. Let's take six and six point six. What Doesn't about, have to uh, be a money line parlay. It could just be a, a regular team. Uh, let's just do a two two team money All line right. parlay. All right, let's do it. This is what we're gonna do. These are our parlays. We're gonna have the Dolphins plus two thirty on the money line. Right. Obviously, we like the Dolphins with the points. Um, and the Jaguars plus 130 on the money line. We like the Jaguars with the points as well. But you're going to parlay that. Uh, $100 would get you $659. Wow. 
That'll make up for all the ten weeks of losing we did. On yeah, the that would be that would be the winner winner get you even parlay. That's what it would be. Right. Um, and then our other didn't we have three more? Am I crazy? Our other three were the oh yeah. Wait, did I mess this up? And we only have four picks. Yeah, I don't think we need another pick because we had the over over in the in the Ravens game. Just take those two spreads. Take the over in the Ravens and the under in the Rams. Right there, you go. And then just make that a fourteen. We'll play the spreads, and then we'll have a separate one with the money line. That's what we'll do, Brenton. Okay. No, no, no. We had the um. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. All right, care. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so we'll do the four. We have the Dolphins, Jags, Bears, Rams, under. Texas Ravens over. Over. Correct. We do that as a straight line spreads and then we'll do the money line on the other thing. So we have two parlays. So we have two parlays this week for everybody. Two uh, winning parlays. They're winning this week. You're getting even. It's even Steven day. Again, to be clear, the first parlay is Jaguars plus three at Colts. Dolphins plus six at home against the Bills. It is the over in the Rams Texans. Which we have at 49 and a half, but we'll take anything up to Ravens, 50, te- Ravens Texans. Ravens Texans. 53 Ravens, and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 53 and a half. Yeah, we'll put it in at 50, I think 51 is what's out there now. 50 yeah. or 50, well, we'll take it. If it goes 51. up to 53, we'll take but, it. But uh, up to 53 is fine. Yeah. And then the under of Bears Rams, which is currently 40, 40, but we would take under anything 38 and a half or higher. Pete. Walk us through your best bets, which features some of those. All right. We got Miami in the money line. I'll take them with six. I think they win the game outright. Love that one. Baltimore, Houston, we all agree on that one going over. I like the Rams. Uh, I mean, the Chargers plus the points in Mexico City. It'll be like a home game for them, actually. Uh, New Orleans, Tampa over. I disagree with you guys on that one. We all like Jacksonville, and I'll take the Rams minus the six and a half. Five and one. Looks good. Is that, is that what it is? Five and one. So I can go like this? Yeah, one and five. There you go. We'll go this way. There you go. Do it. Five and one. That's one and five. One and five. There that's five and one. That yeah, you got to do that because that's how you got to four and two because you went six and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, got, you did. I got a one for you too, Brent. I just <laughs> can't put it up here. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we can blur out YouTube's. Um, That'd be a lot of work. You know what? The last couple of weeks, I haven't said this, and it hasn't worked for me not saying it. So I'm going to say it. You're going rotten this week, Brinson. <laughs> You're in the toilet, buddy. Didn't you just go four and two? <laughs> Didn't work for me. He's still winning though. And he's bragging. He comes on the air before he even, before he even introduces us. RJ, come on. That's disrespect. Yeah, One well, winning. I'm used to it with him. And Pete, Pete's little like fake snake skin of kindness falls right off. He's like, yeah, go on, oh. rot. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gone. Princeton, you know why? Because you can't, you didn't even introduce us today and you were bragging before you even said, Hey, there's RJ, there's Pete. Um, somebody on this podcast is red hot. <laughs> it's always that little chuckle. <laughs> so there, back that, at you. Was that Will talking or was it Pete? I couldn't tell. <laughs> Brinson, Bobby Brinson, croquet and, uh, oysters dinner later on tonight. Can't have that in the in the bad weather though. Can't go outside with the oysters. I know, sad. Uh, and in fact, you know what? My parents are having their kitchen redone, so no oysters this year. No oysters for Thanksgiving. No oysters for Thanksgiving. Let, let one thing before you before I get out of here. Are you driving around the state of North Carolina for Thanksgiving this year? Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I'm off the hook because uh, my father-in-law is going to come up on Saturday for the Carolina State game, so I don't have to go to Concord. Uh, my parents are having their kitchen redone, so I can't go to High Point. We're going one place, spending one night. And I might come back here and work on Thanksgiving Day. What about that? Mm. What about that? And, and you know what? What about the family? I give you, uh, 
I give original Bobby Brinson a lot of credit here for scheduling a kitchen renovation around the holidays. Kudos, Bobby. That means nobody has to come to your damn house. And so, no, actually, I didn't even think about that factor. My dad might have, Bob, Bob B might have done that because he like, he kept pushing my mom back and back and back and back. And finally he's like, all right, let's go now. And so like he's knocked out Christmas and Thanksgiving. He's smart. He's a smart man. He has to have nobody at his house. It's the best thing ever. I'm going to text him that right now. When we get, yeah. when we get, tell him, tell him he's, he's, he's the hero of this podcast this week. Your dad. We need to get his parlay. <laughs> yeah. We need, we should, uh, we should get a, um, we should get a, uh, a hero of the week. Get somebody to sponsor a hero of the week. How about that? Bob's, Bob's winning parlay is no will and no, no what's your brother's name? It's Charlie. No will yeah, and Charlie. Charlie and Will out of there for Thanksgiving. That's a winner. But you know what? Don't worry. This podcast won't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. We will have a full slate of episodes. We'll tell you about that as it gets closer. In the meantime, we got to let Pete Prisco go so he can do CBS Sports HQ. And I forgot to do it off the freaking top again. RJ White brought to us by Sportsline. Go to sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white and you will get first month for a dollar. Ton of great picks on there. And by the way, I just not, not to, not that you don't want RJ's picks, but I went on there earlier and I was looking because I wanted to see what Tom Fernelli had for college football totals this week. This is the week of the wonders, guys. The wind is picking up. The weather's here. Vegas has set the totals too high. You can hammer those unders with a bunch of wind, and Tom's got them on there on Sportsline. So make sure and go check that out. Sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white. We need an arc to get out of here today. It's been raining two days straight in yeah. South Florida. You can't even see the – That's see why the that Tampa floor. game's going under. If the weather holds, yeah. going under. Uh, I don't think so. See it. All right, Pete. Go see enjoy ya. your evening. We'll be right back. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right. Pete has left us. He has left us forever, or at least till next week. Prisco has left the building, something like that. RJ, we got seven games to get through. Um, we already gave out the parlay. We'll we'll re, we'll remind you about it at the end, along with the best bets. So you know, listen to the whole show if you want those. Uh, first up, though, Patriots at Eagles. <laughs> Over under forty four and a half. Am I a sucker, RJ, for loving the Patriots in this spot? Well, I mean, if you look at team strengths and the matchups and all that good stuff, you'd probably say line's a little high. Eagles probably are a good value, but Patriots 20 and 9 after, against the spread after a loss since 2011. 9 and 2 on the road after a bye since 2001, including 4 and 0 since 2014. It's a revenge spot for Bill Belichick, the rare revenge spot that you get for, for Bill Belichick after Doug Peterson stole his lunch money in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, New England's beat a bunch of bad teams. You can argue that, but Philly's wins aren't that great either outside of Green Bay on Thursday night football. Um, Philly also lost to a bad Atlanta team, lost to Detroit at home, you know, so they are kind of up and down. I think, you, you can throw out the revenge and the trends and all that, and I would like Philly, but you know I'm not going to fade New England. So for me, it's a stay away. I don't think there's great value on the Patriots minus three and a half, but if you get it at minus three, I kind of like them. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would rather have um, the Patriots at three, obviously, and the line is three and a half, as we mentioned. Uh, you you pointed out the bye weeks have nine and two against the spread uh, on away game. Bye. So like coming out of a bye on the road, he's nine and two against the spread. Uh, of course, nine and two straight up as well. And if you look at the, you know, we look at that 
in terms of the pass defense that the, the, the Eagles have allowed. They're pretty good. They're a very good rush defense, but not a great rush defense. Um, not a great pass defense. Not a ton of sacks. Not a ton of picks. The two games that Bill Belichick lost on the road, um, one back in 2000, two, two games he lost on the road following a bye, um, and the two he didn't cover. 2011, week eight in Pittsburgh against the number one ranked defense in football as a three point favorite. They lose outright 25 17. The other one in 2013 on Monday night, week 11 in Charlotte against the Panthers. They lose outright 24 to 20. And so you're talking, and that was the Panthers, by the way, that year, number two, uh, defense in football. And so the Eagles, while I agree they're a bad matchup potentially, for the Patriots in terms of being able to run the ball physically. Maybe that softens up New England. I think he'll have the run defense a little short up coming out of the bye. It is a revenge spot, as you pointed out, for the, the Super Bowl win. Doug Peterson does not have Frank Wright to lean on. And I like the Patriots to win this one. I just think Belichick gets it done. I mean, it's look, I, I, I'm getting a field goal with, with a little with an extra hook with Bill Belichick. I, I'm probably a sucker. Everyone is going to take the Patriots in this spot, obviously. Jeez. Should be a pretty big game for Mosinu, right? I mean, they traded for him a few weeks ago, had the buy now to integrate him more into the offense. They really needed more of a, a receiving threat. So we'll see if Nikhil Harry's active and if he's playing. And I don't think he's going to have a big role in his first game. Um, so I think Mosinu maybe, you know, 12 targets, nine catches, some kind of game out of nowhere. We're like, oh, right. They had two weeks to prepare for this. And now Sanu's integrated into the offense. I would be curious. What would the, what would the prop will be for Mosinu catches? Probably won't be. It is a little weird that the line hadn't moved, I guess, but they're not going to make the Patriots, they're not going to make the Eagles like four or five point dogs at home, mm-hmm. and they're not going to make the Patriots a field goal or less. So I think that's probably why, right? And no Alshon Jeffrey in this game, um, no Deshaun Jackson, obviously. There's just not a lot to beat the Patriots with outside the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, most new, you can get it right now, at least five catches is minus 121. The props are not out. What do you think about that? Five catches? Yeah, he'll have five catches. I mean, at worst, you're pushing on five catches. Hmm. I might like that. Five catches minus 121. By the way, you can take it for nine catches at uh, plus 1166. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. A little bit on that. Like I'm saying, he's going to, I expect him to have double digit targets in this game. So I wouldn't mind that at all. That, that Philly secondary has not been good this year. So let's just wait for this to load. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll figure that out later. I like that nine catches. Uh, Cowboys at Lions. Cowboys minus six and a half. Going into Detroit, this line was three and a half on the, you know, the early release that wasn't really official because Matthew Stafford, we don't know his status even as of Thursday afternoon as we're recording this, but I think it is very likely almost certain that he doesn't play and that really makes it a Cowboys. Cowboys are nothing, right? For me, I mean, at least that's for me. Yeah, six and a half is a fake line. It's for the contest. They have to lock their lines in Wednesday night, but this wasn't out anywhere. I think you might have been able to find four and a half at some Jersey books, and then I would take that right away because, like Brinson's saying, I don't think Stafford's playing in this game. Once he gets announced as out, I expect it's going to go over seven. So, so if you can get value under seven, get it now. I would actually probably put it close to like nine and a half because Detroit just doesn't do anything well. You know, the one thing they have is a pass offense. They were like number four, number five pass offense before he got hurt, and everything else they rank like twenty seventh. 
28th in the league in a bunch of categories. So assuming he's out again, I think Cowboys are a fine play. They still have the number one offense in the league per DVOA. And um, Driscoll kills the passing game. You know, he can move around a bit with his legs, but he's not going to give you a bunch of passing stats. Um, and even if Stafford does play, Cowboys do have a solid pass defense, sixth in yards per attempt. And that's obviously going to be a lot better if they're faced up with uh, Driscoll. And when the Cowboys have won this year, they've won by double digits. A lot of games winning 16, 18, that kind of thing. So I would lay it all the way up to, you know, even seven, seven and a half. I think it's still good value because I could expect it to get to nine. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, um, it's entirely likely that you won't see this line actually out there in a bettable fashion until it's up to nine or 10. And I don't know that you can lay 10 points on the road with the Cowboys. I mean, right? Like you just can't go a full 10. Well, when they, if you think they're going to win, I mean, they've been winning by blowout. So I, I don't see why not against a bad Detroit team. You know, it's, it's tough to do that laying that many points with Jason Garrett, but he's been winning. He, he's been blowing out bad teams. So yeah. And unlike the, um, unlike the Bears, they'll probably finish it off because they have a good defense. They have a better defense. I mean, the Bears have a fine defense, but like. Well, you know, if, if you had Dak, if the Bears had Dak Prescott and, and, and. The Bears had Dak Prescott, the, uh, they'd be football team. He'd be the MVP. Yeah, all those, uh, Detroit, uh, those Dallas, you know, linemen and everything, like they had to score, what, 38 points in that game and it wouldn't have been close, so. Uh, Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers minus five and a half, over under 49 and a half. As we talk, this line has come down to Panthers minus four and a half. Do you think that's more a, and neither of us have a best bet here. Do you think that's more, um, I almost made Panthers mine, but a little something fishy about it. Do you think that's more a result of um, the Falcons' great performance or the Panthers being banged up? It really seems to me like they're buying into one game of the Falcons, and it was a good game. It came out of nowhere, but people have wanted to believe in the Falcons all year, and they've been being disappointed. They were, for a long time, they were the worst ATS team in the league. I think they started 1-6, 1-7, finally got some some decent games here, and then they had that win out of nowhere. I'm not buying into them after one win. I do think that it is an issue that I think three of the top cornerbacks for Carolina aren't practicing. Um, so if they are if they have cluster injuries at cornerback, that's obviously a place where Falcons could take advantage because they have great receivers between Julio and Ridley and all their guys. Um, though Carolina, I thought the Carolina played la- well last week in a tough environment in the snow. Kyle Allen, I had some doubts about him. That's why I was leaning toward Green Bay. I might have even taken him as a best bet on the pod. Um, and they almost won the game. You know, they were right there at the end. Um, so I think they can have success against an Atlanta defense that still ranks last in percentage of drives with a score and last in turnovers percentage created. And this is Atlanta's first game outdoors all year, which I don't know how that's possible when you're, you know, midway through November. And they're three, they were three and 10 against the spread outdoors the last two years so this is not a spot where they play well so I think Carolina should be able to run on Atlanta's defense I do worry about Matt Ryan getting the backdoor cover if those corners are missing the game so that's the only if you can get it low enough down to four three and a half then I'm less worried about it because there's you know less room to work there but if we were talking five and a half which is where I locked in for the podcast that's why I kind of pulled back they were a best bet for me for a little bit I kind of pulled back because I can see that backdoor happening Worth noting, Matt Ryan, uh, with his ankle, was limited in practice on Thursday, uh, didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see what happens on Friday. He sh- I, I would imagine he's a full practice. Like That seems like a ramp-up type of situation, and that may be why the line dropped as well. Um, the Falcons shouldn't be missing anybody on offense except for Austin Hooper, who's expected to miss some significant time. And that that that's really where I think James Bradbury becomes key. He full practice on Thursday. That's big for the Panthers. Although I'm not sure that anybody's containing Julio, you know, like I don't know mm-hmm. that anybody's slowing down Julio, James Bradbury or not. I mean, Julio might have a monster week. 
and they're missing Freeman too on that Atlanta offense. So it's not like they're, you know, we we talk about injuries sometimes uh, with the other side, but uh, it, it is going to affect you when you. I think Austin Hooper had like the most tight end points in fantasy, or at least was averaging the most last time I checked my league. Um, so he's been a big deal for that offense, and they traded away Sanu, so they have a little bit less on their their receiving core already. So now you go down to Brian Hill as your number one running back, who he's looked good in spurts, but can he carry the offense? I'm not sure. And then if he can't get it done, you can really focus all your attention on stopping Julio and Calvin Ridley because who else is going to beat you? Yeah, with you. Um, we'd go if it certainly if it gets to less than a touchdown, I'll take the Panthers. I think they find a way to win this game. Broncos at the Vikings. Vikings minus ten and a half. That's a big number. Over under is forty. You know, I, I have the Vikings listed as a best bet, so I probably can't bail on them now. I don't really feel great about it because their offensive line's a little banged up. Um, you know, they are coming off a big win. And but you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna take them anyway because it's home field advantage. It's Mike Zimmer, Vic Fangio. Not, I mean, look, whatever. The, the defense for the Broncos is fine, but I think that they will completely lock down the Denver offense here. And I see a, uh, I think it's going to be like 21 to 7 or 21 to 10, which will still cover for me. Brandon Allen, a lovely hairdo, but, uh, in a nice game against the Browns. And the Browns defense is not bad, but playing against the Browns at home versus playing against a Mike Zimmer defense at U.S. Bank Stadium, RJ, not even close. Yeah, I would kind of lean to the Vikings. Ten and a half is a little too much for me because I do think the plan is going to be run the ball a lot. Cousins gets like 10 pass attempts like he had the first game of the season. And they just, you know, that's where it gets a little bit harder to cover. My best bet's the under, under 40 points because no matter which way this game goes, I can't see Brandon Allen going up and scoring points like you were just saying. These are two great defenses per DVOA. Denver's actually better than Minnesota in DVOA, uh, six as opposed to eighth. Minnesota's had a lot of overs lately, but they played a lot of good offenses. I don't think you can categorize this Denver offense anywhere as good. Uh, Minnesota offense can sit back and run this one. You know that's what they want to do. Third in rush attempts on the season. 32nd in pass attempts. Can't expect much from Denver's offense on the road. When Minnesota's favored by 10 or more at home, the under is 10 and 1 since 2007. And the one miss was by half a point. It was 42 and a half and it went to all the way over to 43. So good job there cashing that. So this does certainly feel like a 23 to 9 type game like you were saying. I think the under is the best bet there. Okay. Um... I don't mind the under at all there. Jets at the Redskins. The Redskins are minus one. They're over under 38 and a half. And yet the line has moved towards the Redskins. The Redskins are now minus two on the market. Are you, did you bail on the Jets? We you had the Jets listed. We'll let you bail. If you, you had them as a best bet, I was going to put them as a best bet too. I went with the under instead. That has actually gone up. I'm a little worried about it. Um, what do you think about this game? And, and feel free to, you know, you can. You can freestyle on your best bet here. I'm not going to bail. I'm going to still take it. Like worrying too much about the market has kind of screwed me out of some picks in the contest. Worrying about that I'm not getting great line value on some picks I like, so I avoid them, take some other stuff, and and that's how I go one three and one and one and four and that kind of thing. So I'm sticking with the Jets. Jets plus one on the contest, plus two and a half is available at Westgate. You might be able to get up to two and a half. Look, that Washington pass offense is a joke. Their last six weeks, their pass yardage has been one twenty one seventy eight. 166, 
50, 131, and 116. They're not even trying to throw, and they're not getting anywhere with that pass offense. Committed to the run, but they're facing a Jets defense that's number one in yards per rush, number two in DVOA. They're right there with the Bucks as one of the best rush defenses in the league. The Washington defense is 26th in points per drive, 24th in DVOA. That Jets offense finally looks like it's improving a little bit. Despite all the points and the win, I don't think they were great. You know, there's a lot, it was a low yardage total for both teams in that game, despite the high score. Um, Gase not getting fired. They announced that he's going to be back for 2020 already. They give stability to the players. They seem to react positively to it. They found out about it previous to that uh, Giants game. They found out, I think, on Wednesday. And uh, Washington's playing under interim coach. Those guys don't know where they're going to, you know, who they're going to be playing for next year. So then you throw in no home field to speak of for Washington. They lost eight straight at home. Their last win at home was over a year ago. I give them one point of home field advantage in my numbers because it's just a bad home field. The fans don't care. They're not showing up for this game. You probably have more Jets fans in the stands. And, uh, yeah, I think the Jets win. They they really had some positive signs last week, so I don't know why you wouldn't take the Jets here. I don't know what the market's seeing to bet up the Redskins. It might be a little bit. Sometimes you see in the middle of the week, once they raise the limits a bit in Vegas, you get some max bets from, from professional bettors, and then they adjust the lines to build off of that, and then those guys will come in hard on the other side and, and, and get their bigger bets on when you raise the limits more towards Saturday and Sunday. So that might be what we see, and then the, the line comes back down, and it ends up being a pick em by Sunday. So who, who knows what's going to happen? Something stinks about this game, I'll tell you that. And, and you know what it might be is that – but here's the problem is like do you re- do we really think the Redskins are going to not run the ball and, and just start passing the ball with like Dwayne Haskins and Terry McLaurin? I think McLaurin could catch a long touchdown pass. That wouldn't surprise me. But like Bill Callahan has been hell-bent on running the ball, shortening games. He's not going to stop doing that and just because the, the Jets are better against the run and actually pretty good against the run and terrible against the pass. He's not going to change his philosophy. So I'm with you. Um, I think I, I like the under in this spot. Um, it's a really low number. That's the only reason I, I stayed away from it. You know, Dwayne Haskins drops a ball and Jets, Jamal Adams scoops it up, scores, and all of a sudden it's a 40-point game instead of 34, and it ruins your under. Yeah, there's a chance – it's going to be cold. Uh, it gets a little warm. It's going to be real cold in D.C. coming in that morning. The temperature is supposed to get up to like 41 or 2. Wind at 12 miles an hour. If the, if the weather changes and we get rain and wind in D.C., love, love, love the under. Uh, but let's see how that plays out. Cardinals at the 49ers, a rematch of a game a couple of weeks ago. 49ers minus 11, over under 45. I was looking in our in the CBS Sports office pick and pools. Because you know, those lock really early, like Tuesday. It's like 13 and a half for the 49ers. I assume that that came down with the news that George Kittle's out. Emmanuel Sanders probably not going to go. Um, you know, the Cardinals, the, 40, the 49ers are sort of a look ahead spot. The Cardinals played him recently. You think all that factors into the line dropping? Yeah, I think it's more the injuries than anything. Kittle, I don't, he was ruled out initially by Shanahan on Wednesday and then the 49ers came out and announced. They said, uh, he's not really out. You know, he just meant like, what if he is out? That's what we're talking about the scenario, which isn't what he said. So I would assume he's going to be out. Um, but, uh, we don't really know that at this point. The bigger thing is Joe Staley, I think had surgery, um, on his bro, his fractured fingers. So he's out. Um, and they've had to deal with, without having him. And it was a big boost for their offense having him back, them back for that big uh, Seattle game. Then he automatically, he goes right out. So the first meeting I think was a little fluky. I wanted to take the, the Niners once it got down. I think it's 10 in the market in a lot of spots. Wanted to take them because Niners were up 28-17 before one big play to Isabella, 88 
yards made it, and the two pointer made it a close game, kind of a false, false uh, final for me. But those injuries on offense are going to lower San Fran's scoring upside in this game. Arizona's had 25 plus in five of their last six, and the good run game can exploit that San Fran defense, um, as they showed in that first meeting. I think Arizona's earned enough of an upgrade in the last six weeks where the line should probably be single digits. So my lean would be Cardinals plus 11, plus 10 and a half, whatever you're seeing there. But I'm probably just staying away from it. Kind of, kind of want to see where the injury report is on Friday, then maybe jump in on the Cardinals before the line gets too low. Yeah, the Cardinals were, were my pick in the in the pickups pool. The only thing I'm worried is that like everybody's gonna be on the Cardinals. I think if you look at um, the uh, yeah the bet percentage action network has it at 79 percent of the tickets are on Arizona. Um, you know the lines dropped. It's yeah ten and a half, ten or ten and a half, 67 percent of the money. So there's a discrepancy there. If you guess the single digits, maybe there's some value in the 49ers. But I mean they, the Cardinals did play them well. I don't know. I think the injury reports matter in this one. I, I'm with you. This is one of the hardest games to look at this week, and so I would stay away. Bengals at the Raiders. Raiders, my, the Raiders. The Oakland effing Raiders are favored by double-digit points in the year of our Lord, 2019. Raiders minus 10.5, over under 48.5. I love the Raiders in this spot. I got the Raiders as a best bet. I'd love to get 10. I'd much rather have 10 than 10 and a half, but I love the Raiders and I think they're going to smash factor the freaking Bengals for a couple of reasons. One, the Bengals are the worst team in football against a run by far and away, by like 30 yards. It's, it's, it's a ton. Like the Bengals give up, you know, 171 yards rushing per game. They give up, uh, what, like 5.2 yards per carry and they're starting a rookie quarterback. Love and love Brian Finley, NC State guy, but this is a team in the Bengals that passed over uh, Paul Gunther, the Raiders defensive coordinator, multiple times for a potential job, ended up going with Zach Taylor, who is now starting Ryan Finley. And I think Gunther will be gunning for this kid. I think he'll be willing to confuse him. I know the Raiders pass D and run D, isn't that great? I think they will get aggressive with him and throw him a bunch of junk that he isn't ready for. I think Finley will struggle in this game. It's sort of trending like A.J. Green might not play again. It sounds like he's creeping closer to doubtful after everybody thought he was definitely going to play. Wouldn't blame him at all if he didn't play. And then the other motivating factor here for me, when you look at uh, Josh Jacobs, having a huge year, 811 rush yards so far, seven rush TDs, John Gruden wants this dude to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Bad. I'm telling you, he wants, he wants him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because if he does, then he can say, look, the Bears stink. We're better than they were this year. Khalil Mack's disappeared in the second half of the season. The guy I got for Khalil Mack is winning rookie of the year. And now I got a better pick, a worse pick. I got a lower pick than the Bears and they're handing me a great pick. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And he's going to, people are going to talk about how he's won the Khalil Mack trade and we're all going to apologize to John Gruden. He's going to feed Josh Jacobs. Raiders rolling this game. No, no notes. No, uh, everybody is on, everybody's going to be on. I mean, that's the mentality of everyone with the Raiders right now. It's like, why would you not take the Raiders? They're playing really well. And since he's a terrible team, I can't give you any reason to trust them. But if I had to take a lean in this game, 10 and a half, I'm taking the Bengals. Oakland's defense is terrible. 29th in DVOA, 31st in points per drive. Coming off a rare good performance, I don't think that holds up. And they, like, we, we, uh, we didn't believe in the Colts last week when we said take the Dolphins plus 10 and a half, 11, whatever it was, because the Colts don't beat anybody more, more than seven. The Raiders haven't beat anyone by more than eight. 
I don't think you can trust them to keep the back door closed, not even against Ryan Finley, not even if A.J. Green sits, which it looks like is going to happen. Uh, since he had no chance of keeping up with that Baltimore offense, but they did run well. It looked like during the bye they figured out something with the run game, and they were able to have success with it. So if you can do that and to kind of shorten the game a little bit and get some success running the ball against an Oakland D that has not been good, and then you can th- get hit a little bit, you know, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, all these these guys, they have some weapons in the passing game. Um, keep the pass rush off Finley just a little bit. Use his mobility. I think it could be a little bit closer game. We did see they played close games unexpectedly early in the year. I think they can get back to that. This seems more like a six or seven point game than a 14 point game to me. So I would lean to the Bengals wouldn't make it a best bet, but you just know nobody's going to take the Bengals in this spot. And this is why you should be taking them here. All right. Um, please don't do that. I don't, you're making me feel bad about this bet. I like the, I like the Raiders. I'm taking <laughs> Um, Lay all it. the points, Princeton. That's why you're winning the contest. Lay all the points. All right. I, know. I, I went from I know I'm, I'm like going. I see. I'm, I'm anti sharping. I'm 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 squaring. I'm squaring. You got you got no one to sharp. You got no one to square. square. One of those days is coming up. I have taken a lot of favorites the last two weeks because it just felt like we were about to have one of those those weeks where the public just cashes big time in Vegas. Did not happen. These underdogs are still killing it. Um, none of these public sides are hitting. So I'm off that now. Give me the Jets. Give me the Dolphins, and I'll just ride with it. <laughs> yeah. Be careful now, RJ. Might flip on you. Pete Briscoe's best bets for week 11. Speaking of the Dolphins, Dolphins plus six against Buffalo. The Houston Baltimore over 49 and a half. The, uh, Los Angeles Chargers plus three and a half against the Chiefs on Monday night. The New Orleans Tampa Bay over 49 and a half. Jacksonville plus two and a half at Indianapolis. And the, uh, Los Angeles Rams minus six and a half on Sunday night football against the Chicago Bears. RJ, who are your best bets? What are your best bets? I also have Miami plus six versus Buffalo. I think it's a great one. Take the under on Tampa Bay, New Orleans, 49 and a half against Pete there. Denver, Minnesota is going under 40. Uh, the Jets are going to win at Washington. Houston Baltimore games going over 49 and going over 51 too, which is probably what you're seeing on the market right now. And then Bears Rams under 40 might be the best one of the whole slate because that they're not scoring points in that game. All right. And my best bets are the New Orleans Tampa Bay, uh, New Orleans Tampa Bay under 49. Minnesota, I've got two 10 and a half point favorites on here. Minnesota minus 10 and a half against Detroit. Oakland minus 10 and a half against Cincinnati. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, if you can find somebody else for a good teaser, that would work too. You can expect to see that in your inbox on, uh, on Friday afternoon, RJ, involving those two teams. The, uh, Redskins Jets under 38 and a half, a very low number, but they play fast and run the ball. Houston Baltimore over 49 and a half. That's a consensus pick for all of us. The Patriots minus three and a half at Philly. Hello. I'm, I'm shoveling chalk in my face this week. Um, and the, uh, Bears Rams under a 40. So let's get to the two parlays as well. Parlay one. These are all sides or totals. No, we have a money line parlay as well because we just, we like it. Parlay one is the Houston Texans, Baltimore Ravens over. We would take it up to 53 and a half. Prefer obviously 50, 51, something like that. The Rams under 40. Take it down to 38 and a half. Anything higher than that, you can take the under on it, but you obviously prefer 40. Miami Dolphins plus six. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, plus two and a half, prefer plus three. And then parlay two, it's a money line underdog parlay, Jaguars, Dolphins. Pays out almost seven to one. Let's get that cash this week, RJ. We're hitting both parlays this week. 
Which, which, which underdogs are losing by like 40 points to cost us yeah. the parlay? Yeah. I like that, I like that when you saw my best bets, you took like the three of my totals, so I can't catch up to you. You're probably basically shutting me out from coming back. I, that's why I replied to you individually first and said we were on three mm-hmm. of the same. I, liked, sure. I, liked, I, I did. You can go read my picks, which were published before you sent that article, and it will say I like the over in this one, I like the under in this one. I don't read your articles, Brinson. I don't blame you. It's a slideshow. Why'd you cook the slideshow? <laughs> 2019. Here for the pages. All right. We are also here for the reviews. If you like reviews, leave us one on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate everyone who does it. Five star, toss it in there. Say something nice. Say something funny. We'll read it on the on the podcast. Maybe tell us what you know, what character. I don't, I don't know. Make some make fun of Pete Prisker or something like that. Um, subscribe to our Facebook page. Make this podcast on Facebook. Follow RJ White on Twitter. RJ White One. Go to sportsline.com slash join. Use promo code white. You'll get your first month for a dollar. And uh, we will talk to you guys on Monday morning. See you, RJ.